1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome one and all to the SB Nation NFL show. A reminder before we get started, um, as I lost my my computer screen, it went completely blank on me. A reminder before we get started that this show is presented to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only a DraftKings Sportsbook. My computer has survived. My name is Arjo Ochoa. This is the SB Nation NFL show. As mentioned, you can watch us live on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, Facebook page, or YouTube channel. You can, of course, listen to us wherever you get your podcast. subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy. Who is the us? Who is the we? Well, Rachelle Prevet is our fearless leader. She is on the ones and twos as always. But joining me here in the co-pilot chair looking as handsome as all heck. He had a fresh can of tomato soup for dinner. He was telling Rachel and I, before we started recording from Arrowhead pride, the pride of Isaac Pacheco. It is Pete Sweeney. P to the E to the T to the E. P, Pete, Pete, What's
2: so, up? I have to correct you. So it wasn't a can of tomato soup. I should have specified prior to getting on the air with you. Trader Joe's has these quartz. Of red pepper tomato soup.
1: Oh, that is so much more gross. Dude.
2: And no, it's I, to me, it's it's more fresh. So it's
1: like in a box, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, and when you open it's effectively it, it's actually in a box. Yeah, you're, I think it's I think it's a little fresher than the the old can. The can could last you in, for ten years from now. I, I don't think this cord is um, is lasting you as long.
1: So. What was the warm-up process before as we warm up? Did you put it in the bowl and then yeah. in the microwave? No, no. Because you said it was kind of late, or did you throw it in a, in a pot on the stove? Pot
2: on the stove. Got to wait until it, it boils a little bit, and then you let it cool off. You know what I mean?
1: Did you eat it out of the pot? That's, the, that's <laughs> I mean, true I, bachelor life. No. Or, or did you pour it into a...
2: No. I, I, <laughs> okay. I, after, I, after I heated it out of the court and a couple bubbles there, okay, it's hot enough. Then you move it to a bowl, and then you let it cool off the The human experience is really odd. I mean, you heat it up to wait for it to cool off. Do you know what I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know I don't know how we got here but
1: I don't either. Um, it's going to be a fun episode of the SB Nation NFL show as we recap all of Sunday's action across the NFL. Going for two. Finally, uh, an adopted philosophy in some late-game situations. I cannot wait to get to that with our guest. We do have a few games, um, less few, fewer games than normal, what with the three Thanksgiving Day games taking place. Obviously, we do have the Monday night game. Tonight, we'll pick that as well. So should be a bit of a faster operation. So, uh, Pete, could I get a, a seatbelt sound effect that you're buckled in? <laughs> That was super duper lame. Unlike our guest from SB Nation, the mothership. Um, I said Rachel's our fearless leader. This is our our, our fearless swordsman. If we had to march into battle, yeah, Pete Sweeney, I think we would want one JP Acosta leading the way. Speaking of going for two late game situations, JP, your Jacksonville Jaguars talk about leading a sword into battle. They are unafraid.
3: I cannot believe that they won that game yesterday. I was on the road coming back, so I didn't actually see it at first. I just kept seeing Twitter updates, and all I saw was people in all caps saying JAGS, or Jags" or Trevor Lawrence OMG, and I was like, oh my god, what happened? I'm sitting there like shaking in the car, just waking, trying to make sure I knew what happened. Then the video comes along, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they actually did it, because my brother kept updating me with the ESPN app, on the road, and I'm like, okay, this this is turning out to be another like I'm prepared to be heartbroken by a Justin Tucker 80 yard field goal, yep. and it still almost happened, but it's it's an amazing win and a much needed win for the Jaguars, especially this Jaguars team. I mean, you could say this. Right? I like
1: calling them R Jags, by the way. Like R Jags, like there's a bit of an R J there. Just my two cents.
3: I
2: think I think you meant. Uh... Oh, you are. But anyway, so this is certainly the best Trevor Lawrence has ever looked, right? I mean, this this is what you were you were looking for when you, you take him that high.
3: Absolutely. I think this game and in the past two weeks, this has been the Trevor Lawrence that we expected to see. Right. Even in the loss to the Chiefs, he was kind of handling everything that was being thrown at him. He had to make the adjustments to protection. He he changed the play and audible sometimes when Spagnolo sent blitzes. But against the Ravens, this was just a masterful performance in the fourth quarter. I mean, there were throws. I think the first one to uh, – I think it was Zay Jones on mm-hmm. uh, third down with like 46 seconds left against cover six. He threw it right in the hole between uh, Brandon Stevens and the safety back there. And it's just those type of throws that he made all game. In the first quarter, the first touchdown he threw to Michael Hasty was a hole shot in cover two between Marcus Peters and Chuck Clark. Like, those are the type of throws you expected to see from the number one pick. That drive, that drive almost ended like a normal Jaguars game. That game had no, there was no reason the Jaguars should have won that. There was a <laughs> false start. There was a holding. There was a sack fumble that made it second and 21. There were dropped passes. That game almost ended the way normal Jaguars games end. But Trevor Lawrence played, he brought that team back. There was, this was the time where Trevor Lawrence carried this team to a victory. And you saw in full effect the entire game there were lulls to a point in the game but man it was elite throw after elite throw on that game winning drive
1: maybe when when you look at this um i don't mean to take away from the jaguars part of this but like because the ravens is like sort of a kingmaker game right like we we beat the ravens we you know whatever I, I sort of feel like that's a little bit like the wins out of those sales, especially like the Ravens have not looked, we brought you on to talk about the Jaguars, but like the Ravens over the last two weeks have, have not looked great. Um, Like I, I, does that take away any bit of it for you? Like, are you concerned about the Ravens? I guess.
3: I am a little concerned about the Ravens. I think the alarm <laughs> bells are going off a little bit. I don't, I don't think this takes away from how monumental this win was for the Jaguars, sure. especially on the timeline of where they are as a team. They needed to figure out how to win games. The stat is real funny how, like, they have a higher uh, win differential or a a point margin than the Minnesota Vikings, but the Vikings are like eight and two or like nine and two, and the Jaguars are now four and seven. They needed to find out, find a way to win. This game was absolutely needed for this Jaguars team because they didn't know how to win games. They needed this. The Ravens are, they're such a weird team. They're so weird, especially on both sides of the ball offensively, like you have screen passes to Patrick Ricard, Pat Ricard's running deep routes. Like we don't see, like he's Patrick Ricard, a 300 pound fullback running vertical routes. Like it feels very much like they don't have any receivers. So they're trying to make do with what they have. But a lot of it is like, they they have guys, but they're sticking in 13 personnel trying to run four verts with Pat Ricard, Josh Oliver and Mark Andrews. And it's just not working really well. And then I think defensively, like, they have a lot of injuries on the back end. And that's hurting them a lot. Marcus Peters hasn't come back from injury the way he wants him to. But I think Marcus Peters is more of a man corner. He's playing cover two and he's playing cover six. He's playing quarters coverage. And I don't think Marcus Peters is that type of corner. The Jaguars went after him a lot in this game. They went after him, like, basically the entire game winning drive almost the entire game when they drive. Um, I think they're losing a lot of depth at DB, especially Kyle Hamilton not playing, and that's going to hurt them a lot and on the back end. So it's really just injuries on defense and Greg Roman on offense because that, this offense should not look the way it does. JB, I want to get back
2: to the Jags for a second and, and then winning this game. We talked about Trevor Lawrence and and how well he did, but an underlying story of this game was the play of Jamichael Hasty once Travis Etienne goes down. And I'm just curious as to how you feel the organization feels about Etienne because you have a situation where it's Etienne and James Robinson and Etienne looks really good at the beginning of the year. They end up moving Robinson, but then they claim Daryl Henderson. And when ETN was healthy enough to go back in the game, I know that they're being a little bit cautionary there, but they decided to just hold him out and, and roll with hasty. So where is the state of Jags running backs? And, and do you think that this was just one of these outlier things, or do you think it's a, a bigger statement about maybe wanting to do it by committee?
3: Yeah, I think this is more of a outlier thing. I think Travis ETN is the franchise running back. Um, the injury he had to his foot was the same injury that he had the uh, list Frank on last year that kept him out of his rookie season. So I think they're kind of being more precautionary with yeah. that. You don't want to have him out there on that bad foot, especially if it's the same foot they injured last year. Jamichael Hasty played well in his time in, but you can tell there's a difference between when Travis is <laughs> on the field and when Jamichael Hasty's is on the field. I like the addition of Daryl Henderson because it gives him a different type of running back. Daryl Henderson is more of a I'm not going to say he's James Robinson exactly, but if you need three yards, Daryl Henderson's going to get you three yards. That's the type of running back you need on a roster, especially when you get into later parts of the season where yards, especially in short yard situations, are really hard to come by. So I think Travis Etienne is still the franchise running back. It's just this last game, you don't want to risk him getting injured at all because he is probably, not even probably, he is the most explosive player on that offense.
1: JP, well, this was kind of like the seminal moment for Trevor Lawrence, right? And it was like, it was an awesome moment. Like Marvin Jones is going off, like Zay Jones is going off, Christian Kirk, kind of the one quiet dude, Jermichael Hayes is getting involved. This was, I, I have to imagine like the, this is why, you know, if, if I were you, like, this is why I wanted Doug Peterson game. Like, the, the like so many coaches would be so afraid at the end. Obviously, we saw Brandon Staley a few hours later um, in Arizona with the Chargers, but I mean, that like, to believe in, in in the jaguars and i hate that people lump it up to that like to say to believe in it, because it's just the smart decision to go for two like regardless of, of who your team is but that's why like th- this this was this truly felt like the turning of a page um in a lot of ways a, a landmark victory for the franchise quarterback for the franchise coach just a positive
3: step forward for the jaguars overall they absolutely needed this win i think this is all the process like paying off. They've always been one of the more aggressive teams in the NFL this year. They've always been the ones who are going for two. They're going for it on fourth down. They're trying to increase their margin of victory. They're trying to get every chance they can to win at any moment. And it just hasn't worked because sometimes like they just don't have the talent to make those to make those plays and sometimes it's just just bad situations. But they absolutely needed this. I think Doug Peterson was the perfect coach for this team, for this group that they have. I think they're one of the youngest teams in the league, and that kind of goes into the point differential thing where you're plus 12 in the, win- in the point margin but are under 500 because you just don't know how to win. They needed to find mm-hmm. out a way to win sometime this year. You can't go into next year with all these close losses and say like, oh, well, I'm feeling very confident. Like, No, you need, you need to find a way to win eventually. And this was the this was the game they found a way to win, and that's a real testament to the players and the coaching staff and the, the development that they've done this year.
2: So now the Jacks sit at four and seven, and and we'll see what happens with the Ravens and, and their division. But this year should be a success, right? Like in your eyes, what does the record have to be to feel good? about what can happen in 2023 because i think we all agree that this the Jags are not going to make noise in 2022 what has to happen the rest of the way to make you feel really good about the prospect of 2023
3: in the beginning of the season i said six wins would be fine with me and we're at four right now so if we just get two more i'll be fine like i think think i've seen enough from trevor lawrence to say yeah like yeah that's our franchise quarterback i've seen enough from the guys that are on office say like hey we get Calvin Ridley in here next year we add another receiver in the draft like yeah. hey maybe we can turn this offense into something that can be really really fun to see because I can tell that the development is happening like even like Zay Jones pulling in those passes he had over 100 yards like on Sunday that's not something I expected from Zay Jones coming into the season Christian Kirk is playing such a huge role this year um and then defensively there was a little bit of a miscommunication, I think, having Chad Muma run with Deshaun Jackson, regardless of how old Deshaun Jackson is, is not a good thing to do. But you can tell that there's development happening there. So I think all you really wanted to see was the young guys get developed and just win win some games. Like So six wins, I'm fine with. Let's go into next year. We'll bring in Calvin Ridley. We'll bring in some guys in the draft, more free yep. agency choices. And let's go see if we can win, win some more games next year.
1: Mm, very well said. He is on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore JP. Uh, read all of his fantastic work at SBNation.com. JP, you rule. We hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving, and we're glad you had some safe travels. All right. Thank you, guys. Pete Sweeney, um, mm-hmm. you buying anything on Cyber Monday? I don't,
2: I don't know. Th- Maybe. You know, I might. What, do you,
1: what's, what are you looking for? Like, what's, what, are you, what are you hoping catches your eye?
2: I've been thinking maybe I I need like an iPad because I I'll tell you sometimes you just you you don't really want the laptop. There's a couple examples of, of times you, you'd rather just a little bit smaller of a tool, and it's yeah. nice that it connects to your laptop, which is obviously a little, a little bit bigger. So I might take a glance at the iPads. Why not?
1: I'm, it's you know what when you're laying in bed you want to do some reading right that's the way to roll sure it's the way to rock so um i support it um i, I do have an old school you to kind- watch
2: i have an old school kindle too so i don't, I don't know if I know.
1: you seem like a kindle guy i could see that
2: mm-hmm. um yeah
1: like just you on a beach you know
2: i like kindle i like the idea so th- this is the ipad versus kindle argument not to completely change gears here of our, our, our great show but I like that the Kindle is not really connected to everything else. Like it's more like an it's an electronic version of an actual book. Whereas the iPad, you're still getting those things. and I know you can shut them off, but you can still. I
1: get what you're saying. Like you're somewhat detached from reality. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, JP just quote tweeted my tweet about the show and said RJ called me the swordsman in the Espionation army, and that is the nicest compliment anyone has given to me. So uh, you um, think ever? I don't know, but I think that that is a feather in my hat for the MF double MVP. So we'll see who wins it. Mm. Um, are you ready? For what? The Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. We just talked about the Baltimore Ravens yeah. falling apart. Uh, sorry, Rachel. The Bengals getting a big-time win against the Tennessee Titans. Both teams now 7-4, and 20-16, the final score. This, in many ways, is the Samaje P. Ryan game. Uh, no Jamar Chase, even though Joe Burrow kind of teased that early in the week. He did not wind up playing, but it does seem like Jamar is on his way back. Pete, the arrow is pointing up. For the Bengals, especially with the Ravens kind of falling apart, this looks like Cincinnati could find a way to repeat as AFC North champions.
2: Yeah, it's kind of similar to last year where the Ravens came on at the middle toward the end of the year. The Bengals. Yes, the Bengals. Did I say Ravens? Yes. Okay, the Bengals came on middle toward the end of the year, and right when they really had to start playing well, they started playing well, and I think you're seeing that now. The Titans, to me quietly a really impressive team especially when it comes to their defensive efforts so for them to go for real and 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 get this win i i thought was um i thought this was a, a big time w we know titans four losses by the way just not to interrupt yeah.
1: the giants still a playoff team at buffalo that was a monday night game they got crushed obviously obviously a playoff team the chiefs and they lost that game without ryan tannehill and barely lost that game to that point and now the Bengals. Like you're talking about, like they have the most impressive losses. I, th- I know it's not like a thing, but like the Titans are very, very much for real.
2: And it was we got one of the moments of the year with the Bengals center Ted k- Karras. Am I saying that right, Karras? Right. Yeah, k- Karras. screaming Karras, screaming at the Tennessee crowd, "You <laughs> Tennessee, up yours!" And again, nothing uh, against the the Titans and and their fans because I know there's a good contingent of of Titans fans down in in Nashville. But I just thought that that was such a a moment that that we'll look back on if the Bengals do go on another run and say I think they uh, were had this attitude about them to to go back and repeat and man you you're you're looking down the barrel of a of a AFC title rematch where I think both teams you know, I guess, I guess we'll get to Kansas City but Kansas City and Cincinnati can both really Bengals
1: Chiefs this week is what Pete's yeah, alluding to just build
2: off what would be a, a, a win you know it, the Bengals could kind of prove to themselves we are that team that did this last year with the same team and, and the Chiefs could kind of put it behind them of, of trying to to knock that will be a quote unquote revenge game off. So, you know, I think both of these games not to bring it back to the Chiefs just because I covered them, but I think both of these games are about getting through them, beating a team that you're better than and now um, again, it's six days away, but I think everyone right away in Kansas City in Cincinnati was immediately thinking about this, this next week's game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw um, your news hit that you did as always. Um, I mean, <laughs> you're already looking forward to this game. Like the Bengals are kind of the talk of the town. I think people are super obsessed with them and I know that they won this game and I don't mean to take away from it, but like the Titans are just as, as big of a story. Right. Both these teams actually playing huge games next week. Although the Bengals chiefs game, like the ramifications are so much more serious, but the Titans are, are in Philly next week, right? Like these are, you know, I cannot wait to watch both these teams play these next two games. I mentioned no Jamar chase. I don't, I think it's way too far off, but I, I is Joe Burrow like out of the running for MVP. Like I, I he has this he has the narrative right like that's such a, a key component to winning MVP mm-hmm. right and if he if he were to lead the Bengals back to the playoffs obviously winning the AFC north um it, it's it's one narrative because generally speaking the team who loses the Super Bowl obviously falls apart and you look at the team who won the Super Bowl is falling all sorts of apart as you just saw yesterday to, and to do this little stretch without Jamar Chase to have the huge success that he did last week to, to thrive yesterday on in a tough road game and obviously there, there's you know a month and change left to go in the regular season. But he's finding ways. And I don't mean to say he's doing it with castoffs. T. Higgins, seven catches, 114 yards. Well, he, he might be the most. They're, they're not the best wide receiver to in the NFL. But T. Higgins might be the most underrated
2: wide receiver to in the NFL. Here's what I'll say about MVP. And this is where I agree with you. Like Pat Mahomes is, is stats. That's the only part I'm interested in. The part you agree. Statistic, with. Statistics wise, Mahomes <laughs> is like 400 yards of, over everyone else. He's sure. got six more touchdowns than than Joe Burrow. However, if the stats are not going to be there, you at least have to be close. And you need to beat that quarterback, fair or not. I know QB wins, whatever. You need to beat that quarterback in your one head on a head on head game. So if we get to the end of the season and Joe Burrow is maybe three or four touchdowns behind, but you can go back to that Kansas City game and said, Well, he beat Kansas City again. He beat Patrick Mahomes again. Then I think maybe you have a case. But for Burrow to pull this off, because I think everyone is so far back statistically, mm-hmm. he's going to have to get this win next week.
1: I will say you, you generally have to be like, a division winner, one of the top two seeds. There's definitely a path for the Bengals to win the AFC North, right? Mm -hmm. I think the path and, and actually Pete, there is a path to them as the one seat, like if, if we allow ourselves to like dream, dream um the Bengals, you know, host the, the chiefs this week and they beat them and in, in the jungle last year, obviously but, uh, then the, then the Browns with Deshaun Watson's back this week, by the way, um, then at Tampa, that would be like a seminal narrative win, right? Like a, not like a quality one, but still then in new England th- that penultimate week, week 17, the Buffalo bills are in Cincinnati on Monday night football. It's possible, I mean, again, I know you're shaking your head like again, I'm not saying it's practical, but it is possible, like there is life to that idea,
2: sure, there's life to it, but I mean, you're- t- talking about two seven and four teams between the Ravens and the Bengals and the Ravens Road. I understand they're not playing well right now and and you can make that case and okay, yeah, but the road is just such an easier road compared to what the Bengals have. The Bengals have a team that could beat them every single week. The Ravens have games against the Broncos, the Steelers uh twice the uh, Falcons yeah I mean they, they get the Bengals at the end of the year but are they going to be two games up at that point with the Bengals road so I just think yes is it possible A 100% the Bengals are playing well they could beat all these good teams but it's more likely to me that the Ravens take care of what is an easier schedule and the Bengals somehow rip off all these wins against easy league contenders
1: I hope so um quickly on the Titan side of this I it's so I, I Like, I'm not trying to like say like moral victory or anything like that, but like they they are impressive, man. Like they will not go quietly. Um, I mean, and and they they almost won. I mean, again, and like they, I don't like they have such a clear ceiling, um, that like prohibits them from like joining the elite ranks of the AFC. But I don't know what that ceiling is. Like, it's not quite Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? There's
2: a a there's a, a reason why like you you look at the Titans to me and don't want to play them in the postseason. They they play your off. They have a plan for your offense every single time. Their 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 defense keeps them in games, and then all of a sudden you can get to a third quarter and it's a one score game, and now you're playing the Titans game, and it's always one score and it's out trying to outlast you. And if and if and there's games where if they can get Derrick Henry going, then suddenly you can be in trouble. But that was something that the Bengals did in this game. They were able to to curb Derrick Henry and and eventually you know ultimately they're they're the better team. When you have the Titans, and, and let's say you're not paying as close attention to your other games, you're doing other coverage, and then all of a sudden the Titans are, are in the lead late in the game, is that ever surprising you? No, because they're just so right. sound defensively, and you know, defense can get it done some weeks, and I think that's why you're seeing them and, and where they're at at seven and four.
1: Just looking ahead uh, to Sunday's games, and everybody can read this at every team site at SB Nation. The Eagles are six-point favorites against the Titans on Sunday, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And um, as you know, the Chiefs, only two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bengals, although that is on the road, Mm -hmm. so that is worth factoring in. Um, Fun game. This was a fun game. Oh, by the way, do you have any shares of Derrick Henry in fantasy? Because that was just awful. Like, that was so terrible. I know you were busy. Um, I had the like no. Sunday free of anything because um Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did you not see the Derrick Henry play? You had a
2: nice yeah, I did see it where he fumbled at the goal line.
1: That just had to suck. Like again, if you have a Derrick Henry share, <laughs> you had like a like a first touchdown prop sure. or something like that. That had to just burn um something something nasty. Some, um, yeah,
2: that had to burn something nasty. I agree. Um
1: all right, let's move on. The uh can I get the chant? The Washington oh. Commanders F-G. are now Dumb. seven F-G. and five, thanks to a win Dumb. over Dumb. the Atlanta Falcons. Dumb. Taylor Heineke, Dumb. these Jordans Dumb. are going to look incredible because the Falcons have the best colors possible for buying yourself a pair of these things. Um, it got a little bit tight at the end, a little mm. bit sticky. I tweeted this out. Uh, Falcons fans found the tweet and were just really self-deprecating. I, I called this a master class in blowing an NFL game. I cannot believe the Falcons lost this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are truly the kings of of finding ways to lose, of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh but I don't want to take anything away from Washington. Seriously, like this is a really they are well north of 500 and th- right now um I don't know if you know this Pete um in the NFC, all four NFC East teams are in. If the playoffs started today. Yeah. All f- all four in Washington the third wild card spot and Washington has back-to-back games against the New York Giants coming up with the bye week sandwiched in between there. So they can really, really, really change the way this whole thing looks.
2: I know there's, and I've already mentioned it already. I'm going to bring it up again. I know there's all these things, and and the top analysts are always like, QB wins are not a stat, but there is something to say about Heineke and quarterbacks like Garoppolo simply winning more than other quarterbacks like a Carson Wentz. It's just... P- I, like they're, they're good at like staying out
1: of the way, 100%. I, I guess is maybe the best way to... But yeah. that
2: is be- well, like, that's but better than being the- being dynamic dynamic in a sense of to the point of trying to will your will your team in in certain ways and being too aggressive and hurting your team because of it and I think there's something valuable about quarterbacks like Garoppolo and Heineke because you can win with them and I think it's
1: it's more on display here with the commanders because of who he replaced specifically because Carson Wentz is the person who's like at all costs. Try, you know what I mean? Trying to do something like incredible and amazing and heroic and burning his team in the process. Taylor Heineke is like king of the low hanging fruit. You know what I mean? To your point. So is Jimmy G.
2: Yes. And, and so, I, you know, for me, it's not putting yourself or it's not putting your team in a, in a position to lose, which he never does. And then giving your team an opportunity to make the other team have crucial mistakes where the ball was tipped by, by Payne, uh who tips it up to kendall fuller who made an outstanding play in the end zone by the way kendall fuller to seal this game they had brian robinson cooking just another good win for a commander team that should never ever ever think about turning this team back to whence ever ever and i think this is as you were saying more about you know in, in the the macro i think it's more about the fact that the nfc east through what is going to be 12 weeks has every team in the playoffs and nobody in America, no one that covers the league in any facet would have ever predicted that at this stage, that that would be possible. And it's just amazing. I don't know. It's amazing that, that we're back here in this place where we thought, Oh, the AFC West could be the best division. The NFC East, you know, growing up RJ, this was the, the cream of the crop. It had completely fallen off. And then you blink and it's, and it's right back there with four really solid teams that Will make for an interesting postseason if they are all able to make it i mean you think about it the eagles
1: lone loss is within the division Mm -hmm. the cowboys have three losses one of them is within the division the giants have four losses half of them are within the division the commanders have five losses two of them within the division like you know so like outside of that the cowboys have two non-nfc losses so do the giants that's four and the Commanders have three. So you're talking about seven total losses through week 12 across all four teams against not one another. Uh, It really is incredible. So is Brian Robinson. Obviously, his story and everything he's been through. um, You mentioned him, 18 carries, 105 yards. uh, Was just amazing. Did have a touchdown that he caught and and ran in. I do do have one thing
2: on that, too. Uh, Come up of the week goes to Big Hats, which I didn't know existed. Oh, my gosh. This was awesome. And and my goodness, uh, you know, because... They were going under the radar for so long. You're talking about Cyber Monday. Had there been a a big hat on a listing on Amazon, I I Mm -hmm. might be purchasing one today, right? So uh, come up with a week. Congratulations to the big hats and the big hat company.
1: I would say come down to the week. um, Small hats. The ardent. The ardent Washington fans who are going to wear these hats. Like, I'm not trying to say this is a bad idea because it's awesome. It's funny. It's super great. Whatever. See, but (laughs) that's what I'm saying. It's it's a really impractical thing. Like, so like there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of fans who are like, I have to have the big hat, and I respect the move. I totally do. Like, you're you're riding the wave. Every all all the vibes are great right now. But somebody's going to buy that hat and take it somewhere. Mm. It's a difficult thing to like walk through. Like, imagine going to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like like walking through the lines. Like, it just wouldn't be fun. Um, There there might have to
2: be a no big hat rule at what is FedEx? Because I, I just think there's going to be some fights. If people are trying to wear these things at the game, you can't see.
1: Right. Well, I do. Um, that reminds me of the greatest uh, sign I ever saw at a football game. It's just like a, a little simple, like poster. And it said the guy behind me can't see. Right. It was so yeah. funny. Um, but um, we would be remiss if we did not mention like you mentioned FedEx and I mentioned good vibes terrible vibes before this game. Um, the commanders yet again failing in their honoring of Sean Taylor. Um, Sunday was the 15 year anniversary of his death tragic untimely death and the commanders just do not know how to do this. They I don't know exactly what they had promised uh, and this is something BLG and I will touch on in the NFC's mixtape this week but um, some sort of like honoring monument of sorts and a lot of people a statue slash monument i don't i i saw that i saw that, that that there was this the word statue was not included okay. that i do know okay. for sure okay. Okay. but it, it was hyped up as some sort of monument it wound up being um like a mannequin that you would like a, not even a, a, a full mannequin like just like a wired one that you would see displaying in the window of like a sporting goods store uh with his it jersey sh- and get up it should have been more like people, a
2: buster like the rocky statue right like right. you would you that would have been more suitable
1: and like, dude, think about it. The Eagles built, like, literally built a statue for Doug Peterson and Nick Foles in the months after they won the Super Bowl. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like, right. um, and Mark Schofield wrote about this at espionation.com. If anybody wants like the the super details, um serious like this I, I hate to say this because I I th- I hate that the memory of Sean Taylor is besmirched this way. But like they only bring Sean Taylor out when they need some good publicity. And and they they milk his memory for that. And it is so unfortunate. It is really, really, really awful. Um well, and I hate them for I it. I mean,
2: we're just talking out loud right now, right? This is why every person that is a fan of the league, and this includes Washington fans, are ready for Dan Snyder to sell the team. You can, yeah. you can dress up the whole thing with, with the Snyder family and everything, with new hires and what you're doing with Sean Taylor and just trying to have new uniforms and new name and, and whatever. But at the end of the day, it still tastes badly. And that's not going to change until the ownership is different. And right. I think we're headed there. It seems like the tea leaves are, are saying that. And maybe it'll happen this offseason. But the league will be. I think we all agree the league will be better for it. I mentioned um, the mixtape. Something
1: that Brandon and I talked about last week. I'm just curious for your thoughts here. Falcons get no love here. But I mean, like, you know, let's be real. Hard. Um, although the Falcons squarely in the NFC South. race, so we'll get to that in a minute. But um, do the do the commanders leapfrog the Giants? As far as wild cards
2: are concerned? I think you're trusting them a little bit more right now. The, the Giants...
1: You're saying you're trusting the commanders
2: more? Yeah, I think the, the Giants have sort of, in a way, reverted and, and really lost a bit of the, the steam that they had. And it's kind of been showing in recent weeks that, that maybe they were a little fraudulent playing above their head. What is great about the NFL, RJ, is you fast forward to next week and we find out directly which team is mm-hmm. legitimate when the commanders play the Giants? The Giants need this one badly. Like, I could see the commanders even having a slip up here and still maybe managing to go in a little bit of a run. If the Giants lose this game, it really feels like they're going to fall out.
1: Giants remaining six games, Pete. Um, obviously, we're not talking about them because they played on Thanksgiving. Um, Washington at home on Sunday, Philadelphia at home, at Washington, at Minnesota, Indianapolis, and then at Philadelphia to
2: end it. Um, yeah, so you could, you could really see them lose. So if they were to lose to the, they might fall out of the playoffs. Yes. They, like, they really might. You, they could lose to the commanders on, on Sunday. And then you're really not feeling good about the Eagles. So then all of a sudden you're seven and six, you get the commanders and again. Then, and then you're, then
1: you're really down and you got to go to Washington. Yeah. And, you know, yeah.
2: they need, and they're coming off their bye. They yeah, no, need, 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 need this game. It doesn't feel like it should be this massive game for the, for the giants, but just looking at their road, the rest of the way they need to get to eight wins because if they go one and one, the next two weeks against the Eagles and the Commanders again. All right, now you're feeling okay. You're only you nine and five. You can maybe get to the ten wins you, you right. need. It, they need this game. Yeah,
1: let's fly through a couple. The, the Sam Darnold led Carolina Panthers outlasted the Denver Broncos, twenty three to ten. Um, the Broncos is this, are and a mess. This,
2: <laughs> they're a mess. Right, well,
1: this. This came um, right after Matt Rule got a new job, the new head coach at uh, Nebraska. So congratulations to him. That was like the most obvious thing of all time, by the way. Um, so um, he's good, and the Panthers celebrated by winning. Um, I've, I saw this tweet floating around a lot, like like different versions of this. Is this is this the lowest point for the Broncos? Like, is that where we're at here? Like, ha, or have they been lower than than where they're at right now?
2: I don't think so, and and they're
1: so. To be clear, to set the stage, uh, you've got Go. defensive linemen screaming at Russell Wilson. I mean, like it—it it it is here is all kinds of broken.
2: There. So when you're entering a season, like we talked with JP Acosta, why was why was his fourth win for the Jaguars so big? Because you were entering the year as a transition year, right? So there's teams that are entering the year and you're still tra- in the transition mode. So getting to 5 or 6 wins is is a is a big deal. Like you look at the Jaguars, you look at the Texans, you look at a team like the Carolina Panthers for example, if they can get to 5 or 6 wins, maybe you're starting to feel better about where where things are going. The Broncos are the biggest disappointment when it comes to teams that legitimately felt like they were Super Bowl contenders in 2022 and it is not close. They're and and so because of that tier system that I just created on the fly here they're the most disappointing team in the league by far this year, and it is not oh, yeah. close. And you wonder what the repercussions of that are for this upcoming offseason.
1: I do think that there is, um, like, I mean, I, I hate to make everything Cowboys, but like, those are obviously the worlds we live in. I thought, um, I thought after the 2020 season, right? Like entering 2021, so many people were like, well, the Cowboys aren't going to do much. It's like, how do you, like, how do you forget that Dak Prescott missed all that time, right? right? Like that that was such, that was such an important factor, right? Like they're, they're so due for like this bounce back because I think, Next year, for example, like, I I was thinking about this as the Rams are losing. I don't know what the over-under is going to be, and I don't mean to to excuse the Rams' failures this season, but whatever their, like, win total is, I'm thinking about taking the over because, like, Matthew Stafford will be healthy. Cooper Cup will be healthy, right? Like, uh, some things that have gone wrong for the Rams outside of their own issues will be fixed, right? Like, they're a team you could kind of see, like, regressing back. What is, like, how are the Broncos supposed to regress back? Like, what are they regressing back from? Like, you know what I'm saying? Th- this is what they envisioned. I mean, yeah, like, you know, and I know they had the Tim Patrick injury early on. But, like, still, like,
2: generally speaking, th- this is what they envisioned. They And they have to try with Russ another year and maybe two more years after this. So... The only thing they could possibly do is go one and done with Hackett, which I I just think has to happen at this stage. You have to bring someone else in because you have to have a different taste in your mouth completely when you restart this thing in 2023.
1: The Panthers, we want to give them some props. I mean, like, good for you guys. Uh, DJ Moore, suddenly relevant again. You know, we talked about at the beginning of the season, like, is Baker Mayfield going to be the quarterback to unlock DJ Moore? PJ Walker came in and kind of did it. It seems like Baker's like the only one who hasn't had success with DJ Moore.
2: Sam Darnold, um, they've already named him the <laughs> starter for next week. So right, he's you know, I if had Big Hats not existed, maybe we, Sam Darnold would be the come up of the week. But unfortunately for him, uh, Big Hats do exist. Played fine, right? He's he for you know he's one of those these quarterbacks that could be of the of the class I was saying where it could be like a Heineke a, if he plays like this, where you know he's not going to lose you a game. You're playing a a team that's worse than you you hand the ball off to Foreman you let DJ Moore do his thing and you right. can win football games and so I think they realize that and I think he's the most reasonable starter they have I don't think he's necessarily an answer and it's a bad Broncos team uh, and kudos for the Panthers for getting the job done they they beat the worst team in my, in my estimation maybe in the league so Panthers on by
1: now finally um and then at Seattle kind of an interesting little game there uh, we'll get to the Seahawks uh, let's go to Cleveland where the Buccaneers fell in overtime to the Browns last game of the season for the Browns without Deshaun Watson who was expected to be reinstated by the NFL as of 4 p.m. Eastern time on Monday the Bucks Pete still lead the NFC South despite the loss with a five and six uh, excuse me five and six record coming off the Munich game um, just a really kind of same old same old game for the Bucs um, and and I don't mean to take away from the Browns, but like I don't think us like the Browns. But this this did kind of feel like I don't I don't even know that it's it's like the Bucks lost this game because I don't know that the Bucks are
2: better than what they're showing us. No, and and it's almost like an identity crisis. They also lost Tristan Wirfs in this game, right tackle, and
1: expected to be out three to four weeks. They have the, uh, reported time frame. had
2: offensive line issues really since the beginning of this campaign, and it, Tom Brady never has looked comfortable. He has never looked consistently in sync each and every week. I know that Chris Godwin. Had a nice, nice week finally with the 13 targets and 12 receptions for one ten and a TUD this week, but that like has not been a consistent thing necessarily all year. And I just think it's it's not the same old Bucks that went on this run. And I think we were trying to stick with them, or Tampa was trying to stick with the same type of team and for this one more last chance dance type of thing. And look, they might still make the playoffs. Five and six is something that you could turn around. But there has been no sign that they can get back to what they were at that stage where they were winning the Super Bowl with Brady. And some of the coaching miscues at the end of this game, I think, cost them by calling that timeout late and providing Cleveland with a little bit more time. And then for me on the Cleveland side, we did mention that Deshaun Watson takes over now. Jacoby Brissett has proven to me that, that he is a capable starter in the NFL. I don't know if he's a top. Oh, no, dude,
1: he's he's starting for like the who next year
2: somebody Start, Texans starting for this maybe the Carolina Panthers yeah uh <laughs> yes. yeah I mean I, he can he can win football games and he, he could lead your team he, he said this was effing awesome after the game t- t- tom Brady, kind of and and good for Cleveland for for pushing through and now they're four and seven and suddenly spicy I, I think they sort of have to have to run the table for them to to get into this AFC playoff picture but that does seem possible uh and whether we like it or not One of the big storylines next week is going to be what does Deshaun Watson look like after taking seemingly two years off of, of being on the field?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I think you worded it best, whether we like it or not. Um, at the very least, the Browns could be disruptors um, to the playoff picture. So at Houston this week, um, which, again, is just really gross uh, from the NFL. And then at Cincinnati in Baltimore. After that, no real matchups against like, playoff teams. But they, they certainly could play spoiler um, in but, some
2: sense. By the way, they, David Njoku with that catch, the one-handed catch where he leaps up. In the end zone, dude. He's not. He's not on the the, the Kelsey Kittle Andrews train, but he's a nice second choice weapon there. I think at tight end. So keeping. Amari Cooper had the drop in this
1: game that was unfortunate, but then had the effectively game winning catch yeah. um, that set like, them four yard line. Did it will never, ever, ever not hurt me that the Cowboys traded him away for a fifth round pick. Um, so the bucks fall, the bucks, like I said, are now five and six and good news is we get them on Monday night football next week against the new Orleans saints. And then dude, I mean, after that at San Francisco, Cincinnati, even at Arizona on Christmas
2: day, like, I don't know that I trust them to win any of those games. Um, I think if you had the to, Cardinals, won. I think if you were, 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 placing bets on the bucks making the postseason. Right now, you'd probably feel more comfortable about them falling out. The only thing that saves them is the thing that saved the NFC East for so many years. Not that the rest of the division really stinks. Like there's no team that, that stands out to say that they're going to go and grab this thing. And so right. that's keeping the Bucks alive. And regardless of if, if they're even if their record is under 500, I you know I'm, you're always thinking about the NFL playoffs. I don't want to play Tom Brady <laughs> if he's two games under 500. Like I don't want to play him in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I agree.
1: uh the Miami Dolphins um 30 to 15 really is just too generous of a score really easy just kind of cruise control day for them um as they win against the Houston Texans um i i this they were up 30 to nothing and they pulled all their guys basically in the third quarter um Tua was great i mean another another full game for him that he started i guess technically started and finished that they won um they look they look good. Dolphins look very good coming out of their
2: body. I mean, it's a contender versus a non-contender. Same right. thing happened for me in Kansas City yesterday where really boring game. Both of these games were, were boring, and, and it's it's teams that are on the opposite ends of of, of the spectrum, and, and that's just is what it is. And, that, you know, that, that's what I mean when, like, Houston, the Houston Texans are clearly the worst team in the league, but like, no one expected anything to... of them. You know what I mean? That That's why, I... to me, the Broncos are the biggest disappointment, and, you know, going back to them. But Houston, they need, they need, a complete reset and miami is gonna vie for the afc bye, which is incredible because they were not in the tier of, of super bowl contender and they definitely definitely are so
1: i don't say this to be rude but like i don't know you're starting a madden franchise right like and you could pick any player on the texans and put them on your team like what who who do you want like 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 damian pierce you know what i mean like but even then, like, if your answer is Damian Pierce or Brandon Cooks, like, where where do they rank across their position at the end? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying they're bad players, but, like, they're not, like, must-have, gotta-have dudes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is all bad. Um, yeah, there's not there, Smith, there's
2: not much to hang your hat on right now. And they feel years, plural, big-time plural, uh, away. They are, the Texans, like I, I talked about a moment ago, the Browns are going to maybe
1: play spoiler. The Texans are going to play... um Fodder, like, 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 or like, you know, what I mean, the Texans are going to be numbers uh, for people. So they've got the Browns this week, but then they're at Dallas in Week 14. So that, that's a number, right? Like, like, we're giving every team this win, right? So that, that's a win yeah. for Dallas. They Kansas City at home the next week. That's a win for Kansas City. They're at Tennessee the next week. That's a win. You know what I'm saying? Like these are these are numbers for those teams yeah. in, in their respective divisional and, and conference races. Um, so um, yeah, but we can move on. This game stunk. Mike White and the New <laughs> York Jets defeated the justin fields list chicago bears 31 to 10 the jets <laughs> very very firmly in the playoff mix although the afc super competitive they're holding on to that final wildcard spot the jets are uh the opportunity obviously opened up for them with the patriots losing on thanksgiving night i mentioned mike white pete 22 of 28 315 touchdowns touchdowns. sounds goodness gracious 315 yards and three touchdowns no interceptions Uh huge day for garrett wilson five catches 95 yards Two touchdowns. Elijah Moore has been resurrected by Mike White. Two catches, sixty-four yards, uh, and the other touchdown. Is this a? I, I hate to like. It sounds like belittling him, but like, is this a Taylor Heineke situation? Like, you yes. cannot go back to Zach Wilson at this
2: point. No, we. are – I was about to just say this before you you said that it, it's becoming a themed episode, and sense I keep saying the same thing. But this is a a this is a Super Bowl caliber defense right now. So so long as you have a quarterback that is not going to lose you the football game, i.e. Zach Wilson, you're going to be in a position to win each and every week. Now, they did play Trevor Simeon and not Fields, which we were gypped in a way of, of finding out if the Jets defense could contain a guy like Justin Fields. But they were able to hold them under 292 yards. Uh, there, were, there was a question, I think, in the middle of this game. And then suddenly the Jets pulled away in the second quarter and you can you can see the receivers after the game they're smiling all of a sudden wilson and more want to be here wilson had called out the jets offense that they needed to be better all they needed was a quarterback that wasn't going to over and under throw them which is mike white who was able to get 315 yards and three touchdowns and you had the new york jets fans chanting his name after the game and yeah the zach wilson story quote unquote may not be over and and written it's over for 2022 you have no option to put him back in it has to be mike white and because of the way the defense is playing similar in in a sense to the the tennessee titans they're spicy so all of a sudden they're seven and four and i think they're a team that that you're going to be fearful could upset your team in the the nfl playoffs like i i can only imagine a game in which the buffalo bills and the New York Jets, these division teams get matched up, and you have the Jets going to Buffalo, and the defense is playing well. Like Josh Allen has struggled with, with good defense this year. And it's just making the the playoff storylines all the more spicy.
1: Before the Jets go to Buffalo, they visit Minnesota. That's this week. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. Like these are these are such important games. And like the legend of Mike White has the opportunity to really grow here, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you beat one of these two teams. Um and, and both of his, like, wins, the Bengals win last year, which was impressive, obviously, But and this one, we're both in New York. You go to Minnesota, you go to Buffalo, you know what I mean, and you get one of these wins, I mean – Dude, I mean, and and couldn't you you see, like, Mike White, like, destroys the Bills um, and then, like, Dolphins fans donate to his charity type thing for, like, securing the AFC East, like, storyline? Plus, um, on the subject of storylines, we were supposed to get, you know, in Week 16, the Jets-Jaguars Thursday night game that was, I think, in theory, supposed to be Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, one and two pick. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not going to happen at this
2: point. And you talk about uh, the NFL, and I think a lot of fans across the country feel – Man, we really hate this East Coast bias. The Patriots are the eighth seed, so all eight East Eastern based teams are within the playoffs picture. Right, right. So the Patriots are knocking at the door. So there, a, a week ago, seven of the eight prior to week 12, in the playoffs right now.
1: Prior to Week Twelve, it was the opposite. Um, all four AFC East teams were in as of this moment a week ago, but the Patriots obviously lost on Thanksgiving night. Right. So yeah, they're out right now. Um, the NFC East is thriving. Man, dude, I think if you're so you know how like some fans you don't experience this because Mahomes is great, but like some fans be like, I don't care that we're so bad and we're tanking, like we won, and I'm I'm so <laughs> happy we won this game, blah blah blah. Do you think that any Jets fan is happy that they beat the Rams in 2019 to push them out of the number one overall pick? Because especially like. I'm I'm it's I'm sure every Jets fan is like loving the Mike White thing but like would you rather have Mike White or Trevor Lawrence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know well, what I mean like on the day on the day that Trevor Lawrence like like takes a leap yeah. as an NFL quarterback you have to be regretting losing or winning that game we, and knocking yourself at a number 1 pick
2: contention. We had talked about it on on this show how tr- the Trevor Lawrence experience for a long time had been concerning. And and I think part of that was because you saw how quickly that Allen and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were able to just be the, the guy right away. Historically speaking, that does not happen. It does take some time. It does take the right coaching staff. It does take games under your belt. And yes, finally. And it's only recent here, so we have to see it I think a little bit longer, but you're finally seeing okay. That's Trevor Lawrence. This is the guy mm-hmm. that they you never really have seen that from Zach Wilson, and to have the yips to the point where you have to be inactive as the former number two overall pick, yes, I think a lot of Jets fans are very unhappy that they won that game against the L.A. Rams. And so, yeah, I, I think if you're a Texans fan and you happen to be a Texans fan, keep losing, baby. Just lose, baby, because you know, it puts you in a better position for the future.
1: Um, this one, we don't have to spend a ton of time on the San Francisco 49ers got to seven and four with a 13 to nothing win a skunking, of the new Orleans saints who fall to four and eight, but still in contention in the NFC South. Pete, did you know that the 49ers have not allowed a second half point since week seven?
2: No, I didn't know that, but thank you for, for filling me in. You're welcome. That's that's good. This was
1: their opponents in that time. So week seven was the Chiefs. um, And since then at L.A. to play the Rams by the Chargers, the Cardinals and the Saints. So not
2: like a murderers row or anything, but
1: still impressive.
2: This was the most boring game of the week. Right. Seriously. There was one touchdown. The 49ers are better than the Saints. The Saints didn't cover the 10 the 10 points that I I bet on them with. Um, So it was it was this was a rough. This was a rough go.
1: All I can say about this game is that it happened. You know what I mean? Like, that that's, like, the only thing at this point. And it's, like, I'm so over the Taysom Hill thing at this point. Like, dude, like, you can't, like, this is just, like, it's sad. Like, I, I'm sad watching the Saints. Um, So, kudos to the Niners. They are ahead. And big day for the Niners with the Seahawks losing to the Raiders of all teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, let's go ahead and get to that game, Pete Sweeney. The Las Vegas Raiders, for the second week in a row, walked it off, this time against Geno Smith and those mighty Seattle Seahawks who were coming off their bye um, and dropped it. Gino was pretty solid overall. Um, Kenneth Walker was, you know, very efficient, but this was all about Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs finished 33 carries, 229 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, averaged 6.9 yards per carry. Nice. Um, Did also through the air uh contribute with six catches for 74 yards same amount of receiving yards that Devonte adams had is josh jacobs the best running back in the nfl
2: no but i'll tell you what the raiders got to be regretful that they did not sign him up for that fifth year option now he, i
1: don't think they care like i mean it's a it's a running back you know what i mean like there's no there's no way he outperforms this next year i mean i love josh jacobs but like in reality you know that's not happening
2: well well he's doing what he needs to right now and i i think that that is is uh I think it's impressive, and and there are weeks that he—I don't know if he's the consensus is best running back of the game—but there are weeks that he looks very Derrick Henry like, and if he can keep that up, I think it, it will be something that that Vegas regrets. I think this game was about Vegas staying alive, and mm-hmm. the ah, right, ah, ah, ah. the Broncos and, and the Raiders were in the same boat, and the Broncos have shown you absolutely nothing to make you think that they could sneak in as a wild card, whereas. You're not completely sure that the Raiders can't go on a little run here. Seattle Seahawks are a good football team. And this was probably the game of the week when it came to offensive football. They they it was a knockout, heavyweight type of, of fight where they were going blow for blow. It took overtime. It took this run by Jacobs. And you could see as Jacobs was walking this thing off, Derek Carr just like losing his breath in a sense of like, Thank God yeah, I collapsed. Thank God I want <laughs> like and that's where because I think he realizes they need to go on some kind of run for him to be. I'm not saying they're definitely going to move on, but they need to go on some kind of run here for Derek Carr to be locked in as the guy moving forward. And, you know, even if it takes an 88 yard Jacobs walk off, it's still, you know, when the win is a win. And, uh, and yeah, the Raiders are, are staying alive. I don't think this means the end of anything for the Seattle Seahawks because I think the Raiders, just in you know, someone who covers the division, were, we're playing, um, beneath what they are they are they were they're were, you know they're a better team than, than these first weeks of the season I think you're finally starting to see that and, and what they were working with they got the they got the head coach in place and the Seattle Seahawks to me is lost to a team that that's playing good football right now and I don't think it means anything necessarily about the Seahawks chances
1: I agree with you completely um I don't look like I'm not trying to throw flowers at the Raiders, but so they lost to the Colts, and that was the, like, super embarrassing, you know, Joe Saturday, blah, 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 whatever. Since then, they've won both their games in overtime, granted, and on walk-off play. So, like, literally, you know, in the most dramatic way possible, final sort of minute type thing. Both of them on the road, though, and both against low-quality teams are not low. I mean, the Seahawks, look, we were over here hyping up and gassing up the Seahawks and everything, like, fairly so. And this is a really... The, the Raiders are also rebuilding. They're not the Jaguars' level of rebuilding, but, like... You know, I know that a lot of people thought they'd be in the mix and cute this year, but like, I'm. I think that this there's enough to believe in this regime moving forward for one more season at the very least. Like, they've bought some time, is my point.
2: It, you know what the problem is in, in the Seattle point if if you're looking for something, and, and this is not something necessarily just completely overlook. If Seattle's going to win games, 34 points should be more than enough. The whole Seahawks right. thing is defense and keeping the score down and winning the football game. And you allowed 27 first downs and 576 yards, so that has to. Be- Turn around quickly. This is a for the Seattle Seahawks defense as they flush the game quickly. But I I'm still interested in both of these teams. Like, I'm not ready to put the proverbial fork in either of them because of the result of this game.
1: Um, Two things. One, the Derek Carr touchdown that tied this to Fabian Moreau was incredible. Like, he really I mean, there are moments where you're like, this is it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, he he has the story
2: of Carr's career.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like there are some moments where he really is magical. Um, but, but there are a lot where where he's terrible. Um, so the other thing I was going to say, uh, just kind of quickly, because I I think a lot of NFL fans felt this. So you were very busy because the Chiefs game happened in parallel. Do you know the drama that happened at the end of this game from a television standpoint? I, I I'm not familiar. Well, so this this like if you're like me you're watching red zone channel right like you're enjoying a oh, scott hansen seven hours or commercial yes. whatever um this game ended last of all four afternoon games and in case anyone's unaware the red zone channel neither of them with scott hansen or andrew siciliano they cannot actually i don't know depending on the direct tv situation but at least the scott hansen led one cannot broadcast just one game right because that then you're then you're a, you're not a different product you're the same thing you're literally broadcasting the exact same game um so scott Hansen like just like he does every week like warned everybody like hey guys like you know we're about to leave go to cbs whatever but the problem is generally when this situation arises pete it's the like chiefs bills game right that like the whole country's getting mm-hmm. and so you just flip over to your local station and you're good to go That that was not the case here. This was a a local thing. So everybody flips over to CBS. They don't have Raiders Seahawks. Everyone's all pissed off. So all sorts of people miss the miss the Josh Jacobs walk off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just I mean, that's a rare scenario that's that's going to happen. And you feel bad for everyone involved. But, yeah, I I did see on Twitter that a lot of people were switching and they were slapped in the face with 60 minutes, baby.
1: Oh, nicely. Done. I didn't know where you were going there. The Kansas city chiefs, um, easy peasy. I don't know. It was a little tense, just a little bit early on, but then, you know, chiefs did the chiefs thing. Um, man, bummer, um, the Travis Kelsey didn't get that second touchdown for y'all at had pride. I know you were looking forward to it. Kind of felt like it was <laughs> destined to happen before the Mahomes red zone interception, uh, 26 to 10 though, another win nine and two chiefs remain somehow with a nine and two record underrated. Yeah. The,
2: uh, the chief, we couldn't get that, that Travis Kelsey second touchdown for the Arrowhead Pride same game parlay, uh, which mm. was a very disappointing for us at, at AP. But
1: well, I, you were taking a victory lap when he had, like, what was it, like 50 yards or whatever? You were you were already, you yeah. know,
2: cracking out the champagne. It was early. It was too early to be doing it. The Chiefs didn't play a great game. And the Ra- the Rams are just not a great team right now, especially led by, Dude, they by suck. Bryce Perkins. Uh, the Chiefs were bad in the red zone. Some fans were were. Sort of saying, well, they're saving. No, they weren't saving anything. They just played poorly in the red zone. That's that's the reality. If they play poorly in the red zone against Cincinnati Bengals, you're not going to win. So, you know, I think this was a a little bit of a wake up call for Kansas City because they need to continue to win because they don't have the tiebreaker with the Buffalo Bills. So so long as they continue to win, they will lock up the AFC by. And I think the key here for me, Kansas City wise, is the schedule. You know, I know we always look at the schedules, and I and I I know there's the caveat of the division game. The Chiefs have a couple of division games left, and so you never know what happens in division games. However, if they beat the Bengals next week, they're in a position where they're just a far better team than the rest of the teams. It's not to say they can't get upset, but this is the key game for them to really feel like they have control of an AFC buy, which is so important. RJ is as, oh, as, as Bill's fans would away. clap back and say, "Well, we beat you, P. What are we talking about? We beat you." But. Um, the, the buy is just so key. It's a playoff victory. You don't have to play on wild card weekend. You don't have to worry about playing a team like the spicy jets, or you don't have to go in the NFC and, and play a Washington team that is suddenly, you know, playing well on D. you're just, it's a buy to the divisional round. And so it's just so key for them to get, uh, that Bengals game and they need to play better, um, than they did against the Rams. If that's going to happen. So,
1: um, I know we talked about this last week. I'm very curious. And, 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 you, and again, we've, we've mentioned this. If the Denver game, so Chiefs about to play three road games in a row, at Cincinnati, at Denver. So if the Denver game gets flexed out of Sunday Night Football, um, which I would love, that will that will say a lot about how the league views the Broncos. Yeah, Like that would be a really, you know, and, and the Cowboys, I don't know. Like I, I used to think the Cowboys were impervious to getting flexed out. I don't know if you remember this, but in 2020, yeah. their Sunday Night game against the 49ers got flexed out of Sunday Night Football in favor of Giants-Browns. Um, so, you know, this, this will say a lot if the league is ready to move on, uh, for what it's worth, we've mentioned this before. The Eagles, um, are in New York that night. So they can kind of, you know, that might be the last breath of the giants. You know what I'm saying? If you're the NFL,
2: I think, I think there's two games that feel like could get flexed or maybe there's three. I think it's jets or bills. I think it's, uh, the jets and bills. I think it's Eagles and giants. And
1: I, I think it's in Buffalo. Just, you know, they, they like the crowd and everything like that too,
2: because the chargers have, now, one, a couple, couple games here and stayed Alive, the Dolphins and Chargers is interesting as well. Mm, Tua Herbert, yeah. And that's in L.A. And, and it is, if the only, <laughs> the only way that this game doesn't get gets flexed is two words, RJ. I know you're going to hate it, but it's Patrick Mahomes. And I think it'll not only say a lot about um, how the team views uh, the Broncos if it does get flexed out, but if it stays in, that's going to show you how TV companies feel about Patrick Mahomes.
1: I agree with you, but again, if the Cowboys and 49ers can get flexed out, like nothing is, is impervious. I you know, but- would love
2: for them. To, I do not like to cover night games. None of us like to cover night games, so I would love that. I would welcome that. I would. I, that would be great.
1: You uh, mentioned the Chargers win. They got it in the final seconds, thanks to a two-point conversion, a la Doug Peterson. Twenty-five to twenty-four, the final score against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals now four and eight, the most boring hard knock season of all time. The Chargers six and five, above five hundred. um, Chargers. Look, look, this was tough. This was a really long fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and it, it just kind of felt like nobody, you talk about Mahomes like refusing to lose. It felt like nobody wanted to win. Like it just, it was like a game of hot potato, like you win, no, you win, no, you win. Like, I mean, but the Chargers got it done. Huge touchdown from Herbert to Eckler at the end uh, to, you know, what some people thought. Tie it. Love the decision to go for two. Um, Justin Herbert just lasered to Gerald Everett. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well done, Chargers. Like, this is what we want to see. Like, we know, like you said, the Raiders, they were playing. Down. They were playing below what, what their talent suggests that they can be.
2: I mean, I, I think this this Chargers team is also staying alive, but it, it their their particular story yeah. is staying alive until Joey Bosa can return. Because this guy is of the category of a TJ Watt. He is of the category of his brother. He is the of the category of a Parsons, where it changes the game for you defensively. And if they can stay 500 or above 500 when Bosa can return to this lineup and be that game record for them on defense, then I think then suddenly the Chargers become a very interesting team, especially because I'm a I'm a Herbert believer. And what you have to realize here, too, is that the Chargers are playing for Brandon Staley's job. And this was a guy that went from being Mr. Aggression last year to really curbing it back a little bit in 2022. But he remained selectively aggressive and went for two in this game and it means or it meant that the Chargers were six and five instead of five and six and so if they are able to go on this run here and and make the postseason as a wild card and and who knows what they end up doing and and they finally make the playoffs and I I think suddenly I I was feeling that Staley would certainly be done after this year and now I'm starting to come back and, and say well, if they make the playoffs, I bet you that, that he remains the head coach of the The, the Sean
1: Payton spots are drying up. You know what I mean? Are. Like the, they the, are. the, the like sexy ones that we thought it was going to be like, are, you know, sh- like Sean Payton's coming out of retirement to coach the Colts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like what's, yeah. um, but anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm impressed with the chargers, but chargers, I'm not, I'm not willing to like, you know, put you at the adults table, beat the Raiders on Sunday. You know what I mean? C- come off, build off this win. Beat the Raiders, and then I'll get hyped for this Dolphins game. But until you do that, until you win the game you're supposed to win, I'm not going to believe. It. It's because so, it's, um, it's
2: crazy because it's week 13, but this Chargers Raiders division game next week in a in a way it's a playoff game. I mean, both of these teams re- like the Raiders need to win every dude. week. We know that the Chargers, if they're going to make a wild card, also need to to win this game. So. The that's Chargers that's have the Raiders,
1: watch. the Dolphins, the Titans, back to back to back. Like this is your chance. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like make a statement. Let's see what you got.
2: And then your Colts following that, and on Sunday Night Football.
1: How dare you! I dare you. Final game. Speaking of Sunday night football, the Philadelphia Eagles outlasted in a bit of a shootout sort of game. The green Bay Packers, 40 to 33 green Bay. Now four and eight squarely, I think out of the playoff mix. I I think they had just the faintest heartbeat uh, prior to Sunday night, but now things are really done. And again, if it's any surprise, you know, what are you doing? But the Minnesota Vikings are clearly going to win the division. The Philadelphia Eagles, thanks to this win, can clinch a playoff berth with next week's win against the Titans if they're able to get it. But they got this on 40-33. to 33. I did think this was an impressive bounce back from the Eagles after a two-week kind of sputter fest. Um, it was still a little close, still a little, little sticky, and, mm-hmm. and the Jordan Love touchdown at the very end kind of made it interesting. I do think that this Jalen Hurts, like, Jalen Hurts is not going to rush for 157 yards yeah. in a given game every single week. Like, that. that is... That particular thing is unsustainable.
2: Yeah, I, I I just think this was a little bit of a torch passing game. This was a really nice two and a half year run by Aaron Rodgers. Back-to-back MVPs. He's not it's not gonna happen this year. I don't even know if he's gonna play the next couple of weeks. Dude, he he, he, looked he like trapped a,
1: that team so badly. Like I feel for Packers fans.
2: He he Rodgers after the game just It's he's always an interesting character after the game, but he just looked like a broken man. And he's just like, I have a broken hand. My ribs are broken. Couldn't breathe. It's over. The two and a half year run is over. And maybe he's we'll see what happens in in 2023. But the the Packers are done. I would be stunned if they were able to turn this around and and they would need help now to make the postseason and having the eighth loss already. And on the other side, I think that I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, no, was going to say
1: I think that the Packers might be better without him. Like, do you know what AJ Dillon – said? I know you were busy. AJ Dillon last night, eight carries, sixty-four yards. Like, yeah. why, why are, why are you, why aren't you running it every play with him? At this or every, point? You know every, I mean? uh, like, every I, possession
2: uh, should at least, yeah, be starting with a that's couple what I'm runs. Saying. Like, yeah. I,
1: I think. I, I, I really think like I talked about the Rams earlier being like this bounce back candidate next year. I really think that like, ro- like the shocker here, Rodgers has been this like cloud over the Packers organization ever since they drafted Jordan Love. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, you know, he's, he's been excellent and everything like that and good for him. But I mean, I, I do think that there has to be some sort of freedom when he's finally gone, you know, uh, that why? like, okay, we, we no longer have this energy in the room.
3: It is funny.
2: The green Bay has history repeating itself when it comes to the quarterback position again this was the same thing that happened 20 years ago with Rodgers and farb i remember it, was, it. i'm all, I'm all getting old now it was, i remember it and it was
1: 15 years ago I, look allow me to speak because i was against my team it was a it was actually a thursday night game yeah um almost to the day as tom Pelissero pointed out um Cowboy. the cowboys and packers were both nine and one uh, on this thursday night after thanksgiving and it was this big matchup at Texas Stadium. Brett Favre never won there. Um, and they wound up being the one and two seeds. So you, you're talking about, you know, Brett Favre gets hurt, Aaron Rodgers, in his third year comes in. So in this mm-hmm. situation, Jordan Love comes in for the injured Aaron Rodgers on the road against the NFC East team who is nine and 9-1, leading the conference at the moment. Um, I mean, it's, it's just the parallels are all over the place. I mean, it, it was – it was really weird in that sense. And he looked good. Jordan I mean, it looked, was really small sample size, but he looked really good.
2: Fair to say. I think it was fair to call it a flash. I think Jordan Love flashed last night. Sure. And I think he's going to get an opportunity in the coming weeks. Rodgers just looked like a player to me. And especially now that it's becoming reality that's over for Green Bay this year. I, I think that you might see Love get an opportunity. And he looked good. So I would love to see him, pun intended, I would love to see him in a, a full full game. And then on the other side, man, the the new MVP candidate continues to roll. It's hard to argue that Jalen Hurts shouldn't be an MVP or or right in the mix there. And I I think it's going to come down to uh, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes. I don't, you know, no offense to the two and on people, but I just don't think he's going to be that guy. And we'll see. I think it's going to be between these two guys. And the Eagles are a very, very good football team. They're they're showing little sign of not being able to do this each and every week for the rest of the year. And, you know, it, it would be, I'd be surprised if, if they weren't able to, to get this bye week. And I, you know, I know that some people were high on the Eagles. Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com stands out. I remember I think he, he predicted them to, to be in the Super Bowl. I didn't see it, and I'm seeing it now. I, I really think that the, the Eagles should hold on to, to get this bye week
1: over 300 yards rushing like th- that was the formula for this game right right like yeah. it, and it was there all night long and like that J- jalen hurts like scrambling is like but they can win in different ways
2: play. that's what's impressive to me they have it through the year they have it on the ground that's, they are good defense that's why
1: players. i'm so excited to see them play the titans you know yeah. what i mean because the titans are this like wh- whatever you want to do we'll dance you know what i mean like i'm really really excited to see that i'm really excited to see them play the giants twice like i mean it, it is it isn't if, if they're gonna get it, they're gonna have to earn it. You know what I'm saying? Like there there is a an interesting road ahead for the Eagles, but it was a very impressive game nonetheless. Um big time win. Um, you're right. Like this was if there was any hope that the I don't I didn't have hope, but like any hope that the Packers were gonna pull this off, run the table, blah blah, blah R E L A X, whatever, it was it's over. It's you know, whatever. Um tough times to be an old uh guard quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady,
2: Aaron Rodgers, just and not I, working out. You know, I wonder what happens with Aaron Rodgers. In, I don't in next year, just because I know they locked them up for this three year deal, but I don't know. Just the feel of the whole situation, it just makes you wonder if there's ways that they could mutually part and both be OK with that. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Um, Rachelle, if you could join us now, please, and give us your top takeaway from Sunday's NFL action. It could be anything you want. Uh, we hope you had a very happy. I know our top takeaway. The Ravens stink.
2: Right, Rachel. But,
4: uh,
1: <laughs> if you also want to hand out the MFW MVP based off of that last comment, that's up to you, but you can hand
2: it no, out based off of whatever you no, like. No.
4: I was actually very hurt oh, by I'm this sorry. loss. The Ravens loss. That was just embarrassing. Like really, really embarrassing. Um, my bigger takeaways were you guys already touched on the monster game from Josh Jacobs, but also I also thought it was interesting and fun to see Hollywood Brown back with DeAndre True. Hopkins. Even though they lost, I still think that they were fun to watch for sure. Today's points. I really love the conversation about Joe Burrow and RJ. Your point was really strong about like the narrative of MVP, but I also really like Pete's point on Joe Burrow in the Bengals and just like the outlook in this um, upcoming schedule when you look at the team that they have to play. Um I am also a little bit more confident in the Ravens mm-hmm. uh, because they have an easier schedule compared to the Bengals who have to play like the Chiefs and the Bills who are more elite contenders. So I went with Pete on that Thank point. You. Uh P, I also like your point about um the Raiders because I went into the season thinking that they were going to be stronger than they are. Yeah. I was one of those people who thought they were going to be cute. And so they're not playing. They weren't playing as good as they are. So you had a good point about that.
2: No problem. Yeah, of course.
4: Uh, your 60 minute sound effect. That was, was really like good. Amazing. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> Beautiful. And RJ, I like your point. Well, you just this was just a fact. You talked about how the 49ers have not allowed a second half points. That was impressive. Fun fact, um, something that you noted. Yeah. And so today it's going to go to Pete. I give it to Pete.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> wow. 60 minutes, that good. was
1: ser- seriously like there are some sounds that are just like burned into our minds as nfl fans like the 60 minute sound yeah. um like the tease on fox for the simpsons or the family guy mm-hmm. episode of the coming week yeah. um pete i'm very fine with you winning that you earned it so thank pete you. um who, yeah. do you, who do you want to thank um yeah. and um what did you what are you gonna have for dinner tonight but, if it's not gonna be tomato soup i, I mean i i think
2: the 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 thanks has to go out to my fellow Syracuse alum, uh, Scott Hansen because had he not made such a crucial mistake,
3: oh. it would not have <laughs> set the
2: table for the sound effect, which quite obviously was was the clincher. As, mm. as for dinner tonight, I have a I have just a ton of leftovers. It's one of those things where I, I'm kind of jonesing mm-hmm. for something from the the Irish local Irish pub Conroy's. They make a great shepherd's pie. But at the same time, it's it's that battle of Pete. You know, you have money in the bank, there's food in the fridge. So I'm probably going to just, I'm going to probably force myself to eat leftovers. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Rachelle, are you having leftovers for dinner? Most likely. Okay, me too. All right, it's a leftovers kind of night. Um, Rachelle, who wins tonight? Colts. Steelers. Colts. I picked the Colts too. I feel gross doing it, but I did. Pete? Yeah.
2: Can he pick Pete, it? No,
1: wait, hang on, hang on. Pete, before you, you pick, we Rachelle and I would like you to pick by way of making a sound uh-huh. that exemplifies a Colt or a stealer and your your sound for the colt cannot be a horse
2: okay so okay and then we leave hands up give me all your money because i'm gonna steal it <laughs> support for this show comes from fundrise buy low sell high it's easy to say hard to do